2: Play for free at luckylandslots.com Daily bonuses are waiting No purchase necessary, void, were prohibited by law 18 plus, terms and conditions apply See website for details
0: Hi everybody, this is the Cricket Badger podcast Each badger marks the track with its own scent His black legs are short but very powerful for digging The name badger probably comes from the French word biche, meaning digger Welcome along, it's another of the Cricket Badger, England against India daily podcast. As always, I am James Butler, the Cricket Badger, and as always, I am joined by my fan Badgers. And as you can see today, we've got Mark Hilton, Neil Varani, and Naman Shah standing by with their words of wisdom ahead of the test match that starts tomorrow. Start off, gentlemen, with the uh, new ICC test rankings, Joe Root, who I think we've kind of got quite used to scoring centuries all of the time and uh, scoring lots and lots of runs. I watched that little video that was on um, Twitter the other day of all of his runs in the last innings where he was just knocking it around at will, completely balanced and completely at ease with the world and in control of his batting. And he's
3: moved to number one, Mark. Yeah, and deservedly so. I mean, his batting over the last 12 months has been nothing... Well, the stats speak for themselves, don't they, in terms of how many runs he's scored centres and so forth, he's made that little change to his technique and, and now he looks completely in control every time he goes out to bat. Um, he just looks as though he's got so much time, front foot, back foot, he just you know, caresses the baller, you know, he can rotate the strike at will. A man at the top of his top of his game with the burdens of captaincy looks as though he hasn't got a care in the world when he's at the crease. So from an England perspective, it's good to see and let's hope that the slight improvement in the batting last week is replicated this week and they all start kind of thriving and working off the halo of Joe, So we say? And it's uh, great <laughs> bouncing, to
0: bouncing it. off each other kind of thing.
3: Nice guy so deserves it.
0: I thought when you when you said at the top of his game, I thought you were gonna describe yourself there, Mark, but you, oh, you I was, was at the top of my game. Was... <laughs> um, no nah man. I mean, we, we've talked a lot about Joe Root over the last sort of 6, 8, 12 months or whatever it's been, but he is pretty special at the moment, isn't
2: he? Yes, 100%. He is at his peak. And I always relate uh, this scenario because somewhere down the line, I feel that uh, England and Joe Root are going through what India has uh, uh, felt during Sachin Tendulkar era. It's like when Sachin goes on, you switch off the television. It's kind of a one-man show from Joe and it's been stupendous effort and he is taking England through every series and it's like, it's not small 100, right? Uh, it's like 100, 120, he's scoring big and he wants to do more and uh, I always have loved the way he approaches the innings. I also saw Sachin Dindulkar's video in that he mentioned that he's a busy player. Uh, so I want uh, India to come up with a game plan but uh, with the way, the kind of form he is in, uh, He's just scoring all round the park, and uh, the way he's nudging the singles and doubles—not only boundaries—it's just uh, terrific to watch. Especially for the youngsters coming in England, they should uh, see how he's uh, doing it for England and uh, take it from there.
0: That—that's the key to me, now, man. The, the way he just nudges the wands and get himself, gets himself do, down the other end and keeps that scoreboard ticking. And Neil, he was—I saw his interview probably about three centuries ago now. Where he was talking about sitting down with Jack Callis in the winter and Jack Callis has said the first century is for the tax man, the second century is for you you know the the other runs are for you kind of thing. And he's um he described himself as a tight Yorkshireman and he's taken that to heart. But it is that hunger for runs, isn't it? As a batsman, you need that. You need to basically get in, get to sixty and not be content with that, turn it into three figures, turn it into one fifty, turn it into two hundred if you can. Yeah, and he started
1: to do that. I always thought the difference um between Smith and Coley. Um, compared to just about everyone else, was that there was an acknowledgement when they got a century, but usually there wasn't a massive um, celebration because when they were at their peak, they they didn't see that um, as the end game. One hundred and fifty was um, what you were aiming for as your as your benchmark, and I think Root this year has reached those kind of levels of. Um, Coley 2016 or um, Smith uh, 2015, and then again in 2019, where he isn't ever satisfied. Um, there's uh, a famous stat that the uh, the number of wickets, uh, in terms of uh, how many runs the batsman scored, it spikes massively at just over 100, because a lot of players have that little bit of relaxation their concentration goes a little bit after they've scored a century. And you see a lot of people getting out between so 101 and uh, 110. Roots at the moment looks like he'll uh, acknowledge and he'll celebrate a century, but he won't let that concentration waver because he wants the, uh, as Gucci had called them, the the daddy hundreds. Um, and that's when he feels that he's actually achieved, um, which is absolutely brilliant to see.
0: Uh, and Mark, you see batsmen, even Joe Root has his fallow periods. With Joe Root, though, it's averaging sort of 33 rather than 59, isn't it, when he has a fallow period, but uh, which most other English batsmen would actually probably take as a career at the moment. But um, you've got to make it count. When you're in form like he is at the moment, you know that maybe this time next year you might be having a, a bit of a Virat Kohli trot where it's a struggle. While it's happening like it is doing for Joe, he just needs to fill his boots, doesn't he?
3: Yeah, it does because if you remember, he had that period where he wasn't converting, he was getting to 50 a lot, and there was a lot of talk about him not converting enough and so forth. He made that slight adjustment to his technique in terms of rather than going back and across, he's just going slightly, slightly, he's not not as exaggerated in his move, in his trigger movement. And uh, yeah, he does need to, you know, because it won't last forever. Although, when you look at him back at the moment, it's very difficult to bowl to him. I mean, India have a good bowling side, very good bowling side, and I think Coley's tried everything with him, tried different fields, but nothing seems, every, every bowler seems to come come the same to him. Um, but yeah, he's filling his boots, and he's, I mean, what's impressive is, um, you know, we've said it a lot of times, he's, he's got a lot of pressure as captain of England, particularly, particularly in the series that are coming up, India, Australia, particularly about all the debate about red ball cricket, and, players not getting practice. He's had a lot of that to cope with. We've had, you know, the white ball cricket has been seen as more, Bright ball cricket has been prioritised. He's had to put up with that as captain. He's also had to put up with, um, you know, other batters not coming off and always having the pressure on him and captain as well. And, you know, don't, you know, you shouldn't trivialise it. He's also got a family and two young children, you know, Mm -hmm. and he's only 30 odd years of age. So he's had a huge amount of pressure on him in, on his shoulders in the last twelve months, and to perform the way he has done is 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 is, is above is above excellent really in that situation. I mean, it is you know, Graham Gooch did it for a while, uh, but he was much older than Root and had a lot more experience. Um, but Joe is, is 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 really plowing his own furrow at the I moment. I think England should be really proud of him, um, and I think you know he he. Obviously, he's not going to score hundred every time he goes out to bat, but you just feel that you just feel at the moment the form could continue for a long time, just because he looks so comfortable with every form bowling. All right, he might not get hundred every time, but you can you can imagine him averaging over fifty. Over the next uh, two or three years, without any problem
0: whatsoever. I think the, the nappy factor is a big thing, though. Sometimes with batsmen, you, you kind of get a bit of a family. You get the kids, <laughs> and, you, 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 and you and it kind of relaxes you. You realise that maybe cricket's not quite as important as it as you once thought it was. And uh, he, he probably half the time thinks he's a single bloke because he's never at home, is he? And never <laughs> sees his family. He only <laughs> well, sees them on they, Skype, probably on Skype and Zoom, yeah. like us every night. See,
3: we probably see much more, more of each other than he does of his kids, probably. But yeah. Yeah, and I think you know when when yeah when you get kids out, sometimes it gives you a perspective and so forth. And he seems to me as a guy who he does have quite a lot of perspective.
0: Cricket's a game played with balls. You've got to look after them in the field. Badges are furry creatures. Are my friends at mansgate.com help oh, you make sure it's neat and tidy down there. Oh, get rid of all that excess fur. Make sure that you're neat and tidy make sure everything's in the right order oh feeling all good now down in this set oh manscape.com maximum skin safe performance compact design advanced engineering ceramic blade waterproof and it doesn't end there show you care by caring for your pair cleansers revivers preservers simply go to manscape.com quote the discount code badger you get 20 percent off you get free shipping and you get some seriously quality equipment manscape.com get on there now Um, Vasant's been in touch he says he thinks that Ashwin is the answer to get rid of Joe Root he's the answer for India um, do you see that man? do you think that Ashwin can come in and, and cause Root a few more problems than maybe he's faced so far in this series
2: uh, for sure uh, with the kind of form he's in right now and he's not only in India he has uh, taken the kids away from home as well and he knows uh, the conditions of England uh, he has played county cricket and uh, for sure uh, the presence of Ashwin will also give confidence to the other prime premier bowlers like Shami uh, so his important his in presence is uh, much more important, and it will also give Jadeja a bit of company. Uh, those spinners are have to do a lot of uh, work in this uh, last uh, three matches. They haven't uh, much taken wickets, uh, but uh, surely in London Oval, oh well, if you will see the records. Uh, uh, like of uh, Moeen Ali, uh, then uh, Keshav Maharaj, uh, Jack Leach, everyone has picked up wickets in the second inning. So, for sure, uh, the impact of Ashwin will be there and the, he has loads of variation in uh, his books. Uh, so, it will be a uh, super
0: battle to watch the road between the swings. Um, vassant has been in touch and uh, it might surprise you watching this but we do actually discuss it sometimes before we press live uh, and Neil brought this actually up um, as a discussion point today. Uh, Vassant's saying that he thinks um, suddenly calling Frasid um, into the uh, squad's a bit baffling he says uh, plus I think Ashwin and Jadeja might play plus Shami Siraj and Bumrah but I'd agree with that selection there but uh, the, the call-up of Frasic. I'm wondering if they do play... Mark, Mark's not listening to you, does he? mark
1: not <laughs> <laughs> if, if they do play uh, Bumrah, Shami and Siraj, then that's four bowlers who have played um, four tests with a small break in between two and three. And if Ishant, I'm wondering whether there is a niggle with Ishant. You know, he's going on a little bit, not... Quite as much as Jimmy, but um, you know he's been on the circuit uh, for 14 years. Um, he's a tall, slightly gangly guy, and the way that he bowled, um, his pace was down, and he was also off. And uh, that's not something you associate with him. So I'm wondering if there's something going on there. In which case, it's a bit of uh, insurance. Uh, if you've got three guys who've um, gone through uh, four tests bowling. A lot due to Joe Root. Then, when you get to Manchester, there's a possibility that one or two of them may pick up something. So, bring him into the group, um, get him uh, in the nets bowling to um, our batters so that um, he's getting himself up to speed. Um, and that way, if we do need uh, need it, I mean, we saw what happened in Australia where people were yeah. uh, dropping left, right, and centre either through just standard injuries or getting taken to pieces by Pat Cummins.
0: In Australia, if you'd ever spoken to an Indian and you were in Australia at the time, you stood a chance of a call-up, didn't you? Because <laughs> it, it, they got down to the bare bones, didn't they? man, I mean, one of the things with this um, the Root factor and him batting so long, as as Neil just indicated there, is putting overs into the legs of the, uh, the Indian bowlers, isn't it? They, they've had some long spells to bowl.
2: Yes, a lot and also taking uh, India-England series at home as well and also WTC Championship. So it's a marathon run for the bowlers and uh, you have such a long series in play, so you have to also check out after the fitness of the bowlers. And uh, in a way, I was happy that we did not have to bowl in the uh, second, third test match. Uh, we lost it by an inning, so it gave us some kind of rest to our bowlers as well uh, in the third test match. So that was the biggest positive for India. Uh, so yes i feel that there will be rotation somewhere as Neil is rightly mentioned uh, maybe i feel that Viraj or shami uh, might be rested or maybe three any of one bowler and uh, might be they should they would go with uh, sheer pace with kind of um Yda and if they want to bol- bolster the batting as well so maybe make use of shadul Thakur. Uh, but yes, uh, Joe Root has uh, taken a toll of uh, Indian bowlers real like that I speak, and uh, it's not easy, right? Uh, just traveling all over the world and keeping keep bowling like this and they have made India win batsmen are not at their best but bowlers are doing it for India so it pays a lot
0: I was doing a, a preview yesterday writing a preview and uh, looking at the last time India were at the Oval um, lost um, reasonably heavily in the end it was Isaac Cook's farewell game wasn't it where he got um, a big century in the second innings to say goodbye to international cricket but Jadeja got wickets and runs in that match so he'll have fond memories to take back to uh, to London with him <laughs>
2: and i sent the badger a message and now i'm on the podcast with this jingle if you would like to get in touch with the cricket badger podcast then tweet at cricket underscore badger
0: Got a question from uh, Ted on the tweets here. I'll give this one to Mark first. Um, do you think Moen Ali should be vice-captain? It's been announced that he's been uh, going to be vice-captain for the fourth Test match alongside Joe Root. Uh, and he also adds on, something we've already talked about actually, but the only thing that surprises me about Root being number one in the in the rankings is the calculation hasn't got him there sooner because he's been number one for some time. But in terms of Moen Ali, um, reasonable decision, Mark, isn't it? To have him as the um,
3: right-hand man to... Joe Root in this test? Yeah, it is. I mean Moin's also got some captaincy experience from the Blast and the Hundred and playing for Worcester. He's a senior player. He's played a lot of test matches. He's also a good thinker on the game. Very calm on the calm in the field. Um, the players respect him. Um, who are the alternatives? Rory Burns, I think he's got enough to think about in the batting. Bairstow's got the gloves, I think. Obviously Moin Ali. Um you know he's he's a he's a senior player and he's well respected within the group and i think if anything happens to root on the field there'd be no issue with ali taking over or if you got injured and ali ali has to captain the last test match and it's an interesting one isn't it because <laughs> not too long ago we were talking about and we talked about with a lot of players that Moin ali had played his last test match and yeah he was out in the cold and you know, he'd been snubbed by Root and Silverwood in, in India because of what they said about him having his, his break and so forth. And then, hey, presto, here we are, literally seven, eight months later, he's reintegrated into the side, a central cog, apparently the number one spinner again, and uh, now he's vice-captain. So it shows in sport how things, you know, can turn very quickly and shows in particular the England cricket side, we should never say that someone's you know, they're saying it about Josh Butler at the moment as he played his last test match. I think history has shown over the last 12 months or so, 18 months, never ever to say that.
0: And, I'm really pleased for that. Neil, I mean, what, what, Mark's say, what Mark's saying there about, um, I mean, it's kind of that phrase, a week's a long time in politics. A series is a long time in cricket, isn't it? Um, you can be the forgotten man, and by the fourth or fifth test match, you're back in again.
1: A week is a very long time in both English and Indian cricket, as we've seen with uh, how people are referring to both uh, both teams and players and those teams as well in between uh, Lords and Headingley. I think people are taking too much importance from this appointment. This is only a temporary thing until Ben Stokes uh, feels right to come back. It's not actually showing any true permanence of um, players' positions. Rory Burns, um, before uh, this series, was only pencilled in uh, on that team sheet due to the inadequacies of his opening partners, uh, whoever they may be. Moen Ali has been out the test team for the best part of two years um, and has been brought in ahead of uh, two uh, incumbent spinners uh, to get into the team. Um, I certainly wouldn't say that his position is is a strong one at the moment in that squad. If you're putting it to... uh, the the players who are always going to play, then you've you've really only got Root and Anderson, haven't you?
0: But- at the start, at the start of the series, Neil. When I was comparing the two squads or the two two likely starting 11s, I was making the point that you look down India's 11; it looks pretty settled you might get the odd change here and there, but it's pretty settled. There's ticks all the way down. Some of those ticks might be a little bit fainter after Jimmy Anderson, but they're still there as ticks. Whereas with England, there's more question marks, aren't there? There's Jimmy, as you say, and there's Joe, but apart from that... Yeah, and uh, and now off the back of,
1: uh, what, four tests, uh, Ollie Robinson as well, I think, has uh, actually got his name uh, on the team sheet ahead of Stuart Broad, um, just based on, on performances. But
0: and, and the, the fact same what two legs.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've I've seen uh, I've seen some of uh, of Stuart's uh, videos on Instagram. He appears to be uh, on the mend, but the fact that he's in a wheelchair um, means that it might be uh, might be a bit of time. I bet yeah. I bet he could still bowl Australia out, you know, in the wheelchair. Yeah, I, I still wouldn't want to face him. He'd, he'd still be able to bounce me out of the game but it's like when we talked about um Johnny making number 5 his own it's a temporary position as soon as ben stokes is um ready physically and mentally to come back then he will be vice captain and he will be number 5 in uh in the test team um as far as roots uh rise to number 1 well it's a it's a purely statistical calculation um roots has been the best player uh, on a rolling two-year basis. I think they calculate it pretty much in the same way as the tennis, tennis rankings where it's his performances weighted slightly for the strength of opposition over the last two years. And last year wasn't bad. This year has just been unbelievable. So uh, not surprising that he's number one. What has surprised me is the consistency that Joe's shown this year in point together big scores. Uh, Before this series started, and certainly before this year started, Joe was on 17 centuries with a conversion rate of somewhere around 20%. I think he had maybe 70 50s to his 17 centuries, whereas Virat had 27 centuries to 26 50s. And that was the big thing about Joe, um, that he'd get to 50 before you knew it, and then he'd be out before you knew it. Um, but this year he's completely just flipped that conversion rate on its he's head. Got, he's, and-
0: he's got the Sheffield steel inside him, isn't he? He's got the Sheffield steel inside him now. Um, let's let's move on to another question here. Um, I hope I've pronounced this right, Shay Mandu. Um, he's said Naman. I mean, let's start before I ask Shay's question. Um, this Josh Butler's obviously gone on paternity leave. Like he's going to miss the fourth test match, possibly the fifth as well. Then who knows what's going to happen with the Ashes this winter. This is a big opportunity for Johnny Burstow. Got the gloves back. We know that's what Johnny Burstow wants, to be the wicketkeeper batsman. It's a big opportunity, certainly over at the Oval and at Toll Trafford, to actually show what he can do and remind people what he can do, isn't it?
2: Yes, 100%. And uh, adding more responsibility to the... Adding his wicket as well, he'll feel more responsible. And uh, to be honest, he had that opportunity in the third test match as well. And the most positive, which I feel right now for besto is Root is... Going well, so he does not need to worry about anything else. He just need to stay there as he played nicely in the second test match. So he has root confidence in him, so he can use that and stay it as long as possible. And uh, it is only going to help him, but maybe. As we had discussed earlier as well, like the Butler Beastow are somewhere in the middle of mindset whether to go buzzer for the uh, for every delivery or maybe defend and then start slowly. So this white ball cricketer has this uh, kind of a mindset. Come so I feel slowly he'll be uh, scoring runs, but yes, definitely hundred percent this is the best opportunity Beesto can get in the absence of Butler. He can feel the spot uh, even after as Neil mentioned, Stokes comes the will stay and uh, just imagine the middle order with Stokes, Birstow uh, and Root. Uh, this is going to be a great uh, for England uh, going into the ashes.
0: Right, now I'm, I'm going to ask you Shai's question now. And I'm going to watch Neil's face as I ask this. Shai um, basically says, Is England's middle order looking weak in the absence of Joss Butler? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: that to me or?
0: No, that, that's, to, that's to Naman but I don't, I just waited to see Neil's face when I asked that and the, the laugh that you can hear <laughs> listeners and viewers is he uh, tells you
2: do you think it weakens the middle order Naman no not at all uh, to be honest I don't want to be rude also but I feel this is blessing in disguise for England as well. And uh, it's good to Butler. I always wish him good for white ball cricket, but I simply feel that he's not made right now for white ball cricket. And he has a challenge with more cricket keepers who are doing good in county cricket. Uh, maybe an opportunity for those guys as well. Uh, but uh, uh son of Daniel Larkins, and they could be brutal, and he could also uh, bring in some uh, uh, spin uh, on this the deck. So, I feel... Uh, not at all, uh, it's going to be weak at all.
0: Just butler, Mark, he's having this baby at about the right time, isn't he? It kind of takes people off the scent that he's actually played quite poorly over the last four or five test matches.
3: We're having the debate again about butler, aren't we? It's round and round. I know you like Case fault. About. He's asked the question, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it might take him take people off the scent a little bit in terms of but he missed test matches in India and end. you know, he I know he did well in England at the end, but um. So he, he's missed test matches before and come back. Um, I think we've bought a lot. It's, we keep going on about his performances, but if you actually look over time, as we've said a lot of the time, he's averaging about 34, 35. And as a number seven batsman keeper, that, that's kind of, that's okay. He's never going to be Adam Gilchrist. Um, and I think, I think with him, they see him, I mean, again, they talk a lot about the culture of the team and having the right culture and the right, you know, the right professionalism and the right people in it. And they see him as as part of that inner group, whether you like it or not, and that's reflected in the fact that every time he goes out, he comes back in. And Ruth Re- even said yesterday, he, he was the first one to say this is not the end of Josh Butler's career. You know they value him highly as an individual. I think his wicket keeping has improved immeasurably over the last two or three years. He's oh, worked very hard. Yeah, worked very Wicket-like hard on it. Keeping. I don't think you know, if people are ever going to expect that he, that Joss Butler's going to be the next Adam Gilchrist, you can forget about that because Gilchrist. Well, no, nobody is, are they? Yeah, yeah there there, there asking, is only one Adam Gilchrist. Yeah, he's set the bar so high. Why, he's saying, "Well, why can't he bat like Adam Gilchrist? Why he's got all this white ball stuff and all the rest of it?" I mean, in red ball cricket, he have, he's only got seven centuries over his career. He averages thirty-three. All right, that's what that's what he's going to be, and he's either going to be seven as a batsman, and you would set that as a. That's a keeper, you're jettisoning him. At the moment, they're keeping him. And I think, you know, if he wants to go to Australia, they will take him to Australia as a keeper with Bear Um, You know, and let him fight it out. So I don't think it's the end of his test career. It puts people off the scent, for sure. But, as I say, they look at things over the longer period, don't they? They look at last summer when he got the runs against the West Indies. They look at match winning performances he's put in. They don't just look at it over two test matches, they might say, well, let's have a look at Lords. He batted a long time there and nearly saved us the game. So they have different ways of looking at things, don't they, as a group? Uh, but yeah, it puts people off the scent. We go around and have the debate yet again because we've got these keeper batsmen. Um, and if Besto does well and gets a ton or gets a lot of runs, then I can see him keeping the gloves. on merit, but, but they will come back into the record at some point. Um, Shai also asks who
0: replaces Butler. I mean, obviously Bairstow's taking the gloves, but it means there's an opening in the batting lineup. For I mean, it looks like a straight shootout, doesn't it, between Ollie Pope and Dan Lawrence? Um, quick answers, gentlemen. Neil, who are you going to pick between Pope and Lawrence? Uh, as an India fan or an England fan? As a cricket fan,
1: uh, Lawrence. Um, I think Pope for all his uh, it, the beauty of his. Uh, work doesn't have that same steel, and quite frankly, he looks an absolute shambles uh, all throughout the India tour, and a bit before that um, as well. I think he's got a bit of work to do before uh, he becomes the new Ian Bell. Whereas Lawrence, while being a bit idiosyncratic and a little bit ugly, he's he's putting runs on the board. I think three fifties um, in the short time that he's been there, in tough circumstances as well. Um, Lawrence deserves uh, the spot but there is uh, that romance with Pope and he's got a ridiculous average against county bowlers um, at the Oval so should be
0: Lawrence will be Pope. That's Neil's version of a short answer. Um, (laughs) Naaman what about you Pope or Lawrence?
2: Uh, more than deserving. I feel uh, both are uh, just uh, good batsmen. I am a good huge fan of uh, Pope as well. But uh, owing to the conditions, what we are getting in Oval and uh, Lawrence bringing his uh, spinning uh, options as well. And uh, it will only make uh, add options for Root as well. Uh, going into the second innings when the cracks are going to open and it will start turning. Uh, so nothing related to any confidence perspective or uh, the rankings or the average or statistics. Uh, uh, more to so adding to the team balance, I'll go with uh, Dan Lawrence. I feel uh, he'll add more cushion to that middle order. And he's an aggressive you know, player. before he scored be around in Sri Lanka as well. So he's good against spinners compared to uh, Pope. Uh, so if two spinners India is playing, uh, Ashwin and Jadeja, so I feel over there, uh, Lawrence will be more a confident player compared to Pope.
3: Yeah, that do sure answers you guys. You? Mark, Lawrence or Pope? I'm going for Pope. I think they'll pick Pope. I think they should pick Pope. I think for me, over the long term, I can see Pope getting runs in Test Match Cricket and getting lots of them. I just can't have Lawrence's technique. I can't have his technique in a long term. Related. So I hope they pick Pope because I think Pope has been a long term in future in Test Match Cricket. I'm not so sure about that. I, I find it very difficult, that
0: selection, because I, I really like both. Um, it's like picking between your children or something, isn't it? You kind of um, you love them both, and you want them both to succeed. And there's only one place. Um, I just think, on recent form, Dan Lawrence looks to have is it better equipped mentally. I think for Test cricket at the moment, Pope's got like a ceiling of twenty two. Looks really nice, and then gets out, doesn't he? And he does that very regularly. And I think somehow, there's, the, whoever mentioned the, the term "switch," there's a switch inside Ollie Pope's head that if you if turn it, then all of a sudden those 22s turn into 60s, 80s, 150s, and he's away, and he just needs that flick um, switch uh, flicking.
2: You are listening to the Cricket Badger Podcast.
0: I want to finish off with a, a subject that I've been thinking about during this series. Somebody mentioned it to me on Twitter. I kind of thought about it, and I thought, actually, that's that's quite a good point. Obviously, all of the test teams have analysts, and they've got their own research and what have you on, on the techniques, etc. of the opposition. But somebody said to me, when England were doing badly, this was, by the way, um, Sky, dissect everybody's techniques. The TV screens are in the dressing rooms of the opposition sides. And the coaches can sit there watching all of the Nasser Hussain's and Mike Atherton's of this world dissecting a Dom Sibley's technique. And they're making notes in the Indian dressing room, working it out, Neil, that it does seem to be... They seem to be more harsh on the English in, in the sky, because it's an English broadcast, than the, than the Indian techniques. And do you think that actually plays into the hands of the opposition? Is it like having another two or three coaches that are there analysing for you? <laughs> I, I, I don't think it's as
1: much of an issue um, in that they're not talking to the players at the same time. I know there was a big, um, big controversy in the Big Bash where they, they speak to uh, players while they're on the field and one of the commentators said, oh yeah, by the way, uh, the lad who's just come in, did you know that this bowler that you've got averages like a wicket every five balls against him? All right, well, I'll put him on next next over then. I think that would be an issue uh, when you're actively involved in the game. But if Sky are doing that, then considering the amount of analysis that's uh, in the game anyway, both on England and India's side, then all it is is another person shouting out. It's another... Indian journalist tong Virat Kohli how to how to score off the back back foot um, because Virat obviously has never done that in his uh, in his eight thousand runs. But there's
0: a slight there's a slight difference because you can you can think oh that's another that's another article by Fred Smith. He's just always going on about my back foot selection, so I'm going to put that to one side. Whereas they actually sit there on the balcony with the earphone on, listening to Haseen and Atherton all day long, don't they? Yes, but it doesn't go straight out to the players on the pitch and. Yeah, it,
1: it's mainlined into the team dressing room, but it's not. Um, it's not something that they don't get in any case. And test matches, I don't think the effect is quite as immediate or quite as as stark. You know, if they were doing the South Africa in '99 sort of the Hansie Cronje uh, earpiece thing, then it might be more of an issue.
0: But also the, well, the England, England, does, England bowling coach's numbers. Yeah, that was very weird. It, it,
1: it's bizarre that 20 years on, we've actually gone backwards in the technology that we're using I, for, uh, for... I thought they'd
0: stopped him doing that. And there was a bit of controversy at the time. And then I saw in the recent Monday series, he was back doing it again. Uh, Nathan Lehman. Hmm. No, no, no. Um,
1: I think that was actually fine because they'd checked it beforehand. They did it in the PSL, uh, he said, and then mm. they did it with the England match. And there's no... Actual instruction to um, for Owen Morgan uh, to take it. It's more like additional information. It and in the end, it's just a faster way of doing it than having the the guy bringing the water on some people to uh, to do things. So I don't have an issue with it. I don't have an issue with the South Africans in ninety nine uh, doing it either. We're getting to that stage as well. I mean, it's it is quite interesting, but I don't think there's any major Effect there, and I think actually Sky, compared to a lot of broadcasters that I've seen, are reasonably neutral.
0: Well, I was going to say that to Naman because watching the uh, the series in India this winter, obviously in the UK we had people in the studio in the UK, alistair Cook etc. talking about the game over in India, but we had the hosts, broadcasters, commentary, and that was quite an eye opener for me, Naman, because. They were very pro Indian. Um, I didn't think, and and it was almost to the extent of if there was any chance to um, be critical of India, they didn't take it because it was almost like policy not to be critical of Team India. Whereas Sky and and kind of English journalists are very quick to put the boot in if they think it's appropriate. Um, India don't seem to do that, they seem to be kind of they walk the walk the line the BCCI paint for them.
2: Um, nothing like that. Uh, to be honest, uh, the home team, wherever the side is playing, they'll always feel that their supporters and their commentators and analysts are always biased. Like They do not praise their own cricketers. And uh, to be honest, we have also felt that we have gone through when India, I guess, had gone to Bangladesh. And this happened with uh, Arsha Bogli, if I'm not wrong. Uh, like Many then came out bashing him that... He's not uh, praising Indian players and the uh, bowlers, and he's just praising the opposition. And I guess it also happened with Sanjay Mandregar as well. So it's not that uh, it's happening in one country, and uh, it's just a psychological thing. And uh, because you always uh, think, whenever your side is losing, you always end up hearing all the negative uh, like comments or like uh, analysts or like upnaser uh, explaining the batsmen, like of uh, Sibley how. It, if he's going to score 100 with that technique, he's not going to explain him how to bat. Only if a side is losing, the analyst will come. And right now, Kohli, uh, including me, are explaining Coley that he needs to play on the back foot. But if he scores a ton tomorrow, everything is gone. So it's like... Okay. When if, is, if
0: he scores a ton tomorrow, Naman, you're going to take credit, aren't you, because of your little diagram <laughs> on Twitter. It's going to be all down to Naman Shah that Kohli's found his form again. Mark, in, in terms of the um, what we're talking about there in... The, the, the broadcasters and what they say uh, and kind of bouncing off what Neil's saying there about having earpieces on the pit it, it's it's only an extension of where we're going isn't it that in I don't know five years ten years whenever it's going to be we'll, we'll actually be able to hear what the coaches are telling the captain on the pitch
3: um, I hope it doesn't because I think you know the captain should be in control and it takes away the spontaneity of the game and you see it in our sports don't you this kind of this urge to control absolutely every piece of play and this urge to kind of, if you like, make things so important that everything's got to be controlled. We can't have any spontaneity because this sport is so important. It's so, so important. There's all this money involved, so we've got to control it all. You know, It's like VAR, it's like all forms of technology. And, yes, technology is useful, but I would hate to think that we lose that spontaneity, that we have a coach with somebody in the ear telling the captain what to do and where where do we go, get bowlers in their ears and this and the other, you know, people out there should be making their decisions, Mm -hmm. making their own decisions. They're, they're, you know, they're adults, whether that's male cricketers or female cricketers, and you have a captain on the pitch to, you know, marshal marshal the troops, so to speak, and make those strategic decisions.
0: You know I think I, I think I think to be honest Mark the thing that'll stop it is the captains themselves will say I don't want to hear I don't yeah, want him in my yeah, ear I'll get enough so of him in the hotel I, at, I, over you know, the
3: weekend. What you saying about broadcasters and you know did they, you know are the Indians influenced? there's so much noise everywhere you know there's noise everywhere social media broadcasters re- you know, there's that much noise everywhere. that I think people just block. People just hear what they want to hear anyway. They block it out. Yeah. I, stayed... can't, I can't. I
0: really can't see Virat Kohli wanting an earpiece well, with um, Anil. Uh, sorry, well, Ravi Shastri talking. No words. Words. I
3: think I'm at work. I need the earpiece to the boss. and with the above saying to me, "Hey, I've just seen." You don't email. need an
1: earpiece with Ravi Shastri. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can hear him just shouting from the balcony All
3: to do with is look at him on the balcony to know what he's thinking yeah. you know. yeah. so you know he's one of the most kind of um, openly kind of emotive guys you can see in terms of that you can see his emotions last question uh, you know, loudest man last loudest question of podcast
0: Neil um now, man, kind of dead-batted from an Indian perspective, the the neutrality of the host broadcaster in India. <laughs> um, from a from an Indian perspective, living in England, do you see it slightly differently? Oh, completely.
1: Um, the BCCI employ the commentators, and Michael Holding has gone on record as saying he won't sign to. Um, work with the BCCI in India because of the restrictions are put into place. Now, the BCCI are not the only people who do this. During the last World Cup in England, um, Mikey went nuts when the ICC tried to tell commentators not to have a go at the umpires for bad decisions. Um, there was a form of, uh, of censorship there. And quite honestly, I think if other boards... Had the financial might to uh, um, to do that, then they would. I think with uh, with Sky in England, there's uh, a difference there. I think Sky hold the um, the whip hand, and they won't accept uh, editorialising from the ECB. But at the same time, you definitely see that certain commentators have their favourites, who don't come in for um, as much.
0: Oh, Neil's done a mark. I'm just going to run through some of the messages before we say goodbye. Shai's been back on saying Monty Panasar tweeting about how to get root out, but not a tweet about how sh- England should play spin. So basically suggesting Monty's helping the Indians there covertly. Well, not covertly because he's on Twitter. This is quite public. Um, and uh, Amit saying, I'd be more than delighted to trade off Sanju, Manju and Murali. Kartik for NASA and Atherton on the Indian commentary. Um, so uh, there's a difference of opinions there. Who? I mean, we have all got our favourite commentators, like we have all got our favourite players, have not we? And uh, yeah, we're no, we're no different. We're no different. Um, can't wait for the Test match, fellas, to start tomorrow. One a piece in the series. Two Test matches to play. The Oval, the scene over the next uh, five days hopefully if the weather stays fit and uh, the batsmen actually do their job and take us all the way through to day number five it will be very interesting to see how this one pans out will there at Collie find form can Joe Root continue to do what he does will Jimmy Anderson get rested loads of questions to be answered tomorrow morning and beyond thank you to Namant to Neil and to Mark for joining me on the podcast today and make sure you join us again tomorrow because we'll come back after day number one and we'll see you then cheers everybody cheers everybody